0: Welcome to Feed the Sheep Podcast. This is your host, Ross Steele. As I always say, God is good all the time, and all the time, the devil is stupid. Here, I like to talk about things culture doesn't want to talk about. I talk about things to advance the gospel, to build the kingdom, and bless the world. Let's get right to it. All right, all right. Happy Monday, everybody. Glad. Uh, Hopefully, you all had a good weekend, um, and you're jumping right into this week. Uh, you know, just, just real strong and excited for the week. I know most people do not like Mondays, uh, but how about we start it with some feed the sheep and a word of prayer just to bless the week. Father, thank you, uh, for just this week ahead that you have set out before us, that you have gone out before us. Father, may we, um, just trust in you and your will over our life. Father, may we lean into our callings that you have placed before us, father, uh, to continue to bless the world and all that we do and uh, make you known in all that we do in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. uh, We are in Mental Health Awareness Month still, as you heard from last week. But this week is a special, another special guest. Um, And I'll get to the reason as to kind of why he's a special guest. But I just want to introduce him. We have Marcus Depeal with us. And uh, Marcus, say, say hello to everybody who's listening to this morning.
1: What's going on, everybody? It's uh, it's great to be here. My name is Marcus Appeal, and man, I'm pumped to to chop it up a little bit and to to share some of my heart with you guys and just be here for Mental Health Awareness Month in particular. So, thanks for having me, man.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, uh, I mentioned that backstory. Well, for those who don't know, um, I had a, a God told me January one of twenty twenty that. I'm going to bring a young adult conference to Indianapolis. And initially it was absolutely terrifying, terrifying, but last summer, uh, God made it very clear that it was time to move on it. And, um, so July 22nd, and 23rd is going to be here, Noblesville, um, two, two, zero, zero Sheridan road, Noblesville, Indiana. I'll, uh, I'll link it in the page notes or in the uh, show notes as well, but, um, I say that because as I was finding people to come speak, I was needing to fill really one more role. And I was looking and looking and and I actually just came up a, across Marcus uh, online, actually. Uh, yeah. I was looking for young adults and, and he did Awaken. What what, what is Awaken?
1: Yeah, Waken is a college young adult ministry uh, based out of a church here in Indianapolis called Trinity Church. Um, Had multiple campus ministries running a young adult ministry out of the church, and I had the pleasure of leading that for about four years or so, and just stepped out of that role, which we'll have a chance to get into um, in just a little bit, but uh, yeah, it's an amazing ministry still continuing on even uh, after I stepped off, which is just an amazing testament to the people involved in the ministry and the the leaders who have stepped up and everything, but yeah, man, it's just uh, absolutely awesome.
0: Yeah. So I saw that and I was like, Oh, young adults. Perfect. Great. Well, every person I had called, cause I had I'd spoken to probably two or three people for this last position. And I called Marcus and all those conversations last about, you know, 20, maybe 15, 20 minutes or so. And, and Marcus and I, we got on the phone and, and it was actually a zoom and, and we, uh, we talked for a hot minute. And it was just, I mean, I could, I could, you know, I could hear his passion, uh, behind young adults and he's actually, um, one of the speakers at this conference. So if you guys are able to make it, come hear a word from him. He also does, uh, was spoken poetry, right? Or yeah. Spoken word, poetry, spoken yes, word poetry. Yeah. And you have that on, uh, Spotify and iTunes or where's that at?
1: Yep, it's on uh, both of those. You just kind of look at my name, you find some stuff. Uh, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, you name it. It's all floating out not there it all. somewhere. So.
0: All right, yeah. cool. So, yes, very special guest with us this week, but not just because of revision and all that he's done with Awaken and everything else, but also because of, uh very passionate about mental health awareness um, and what mm-hmm. that looks like. So, um, Marcus, if you, if you would just share a little bit of maybe your story, whatever you're comfortable with. I mean, whatever it may be, man, just whatever's on your heart, if you want to share that for, for those to hear and, and, uh, we'll just get to it.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, again, appreciate you having me, bro. And, uh, I'll just say from the jump, you'll probably have to like cut in and, and cut me off at some point. Cause I can, I can talk, man, you give a, the class that you give a preacher a mic for too long and he won't stop. But, um, I think for me, the conversation around mental health has become such an important one, first and foremost, because um, of my own experience and battle with it. And I guess I'll I'll start here. Um, Probably about two years ago or so, I'm 26 years old now, and two years ago, so maybe 24-ish, I'd say for the first 24 years of my life, um, I did not think that mental health issues were as significant as they are Mm. and what i mean by that is um you know i grew up a pastor's kid grew up in the church obviously it's kind of as a pastor's kid it's a requirement to grow up in the church you don't have much of a choice (laughs) with that yeah and uh i mean for the most part very grateful that i did um but what i'm what i'm getting at is uh I, i really thought that you know if you just did the right things if you did the spiritual disciplines if you behaved correctly um, you leaned into the presence of Christ and you prayed and you, you read the word and you worshiped hard and you showed up to church every week and Bible study and small group and all of the above. Um, why would you not have peace that transcends understanding? And why would you not have the joy of the Lord that is your strength? And so as I would see people talk about panic attacks or depression or anxiety, especially those within the church, um, I'm going to be the first one to say, dude, I I, um, I had a lot of judgment in my heart towards those people mm-hmm. and a lot of... um. Like, you must be a weak Christian type of mentality or you must not have it all together uh, type of attitude, which um, God has absolutely changed in my heart. Because I would say uh, when COVID happened, which, man, I hate marking time by a pandemic in our lifetime, but it feels like that's how we, we associate time now. Ow, yeah. um, when COVID happened, about two months into it, um, I had a panic attack for the first time. And to be honest, I had no idea what was happening, which is pretty, you know, a stereotypical of panic attacks, but I had no idea what was happening because I was watching a movie in a room with a group of friends and it was like everything started to get dark and gray and hazy. Um, I mean, it was a kind of a bright room, which is weird when you're watching a movie, but it's kind of a bright room and things started to get like cloudy, dark. Um, I started to feel like a numbness in my chest and in my arm and was convinced that I was having a heart attack and that I was about to die, and thank God the movie was about done. So when the movie finished, I actually stepped outside of the house we were in with a friend of mine and pretty much just freaked out, dude. Was like, I think I need to go to the hospital. I think we need to call my parents. My mom's a nurse, so you always revert to calling mom or yeah, something yeah. That goes wrong. But it was like something is wrong. And so I remember that was pretty much the moment for me where I, I woke up and realized, holy cow, this stuff is very real. And I wish I could say that was the end of my own personal journey, my own battle. Um, but about, I would say, a year and a few months later, um, which kind of dates me now to seven, eight months ago, I, I slipped into, um, slipped is almost the wrong word, that it makes it sound accidental. I, yeah. I don't really know how depression works fully in terms of why we enter into it. Uh, but I, I slipped, for lack of a better term, uh, into a depression about seven, eight months ago, where it just felt like my entire framework of, of faith fell apart. Um, it felt like my ability to relate to and have conversation with God became non-existent. Mm-hmm. It's like everything I'd ever known. And I'm master's educated in theology. It's like everything I'd ever known in my head was void in my heart. Yeah. And To be honest with you, man, there were quite a few dark days, dark weeks, dark months, even. Um, And when I say months, it it literally was months um, of just feeling like God was completely absent, of feeling like um, I was stranded on an island, like the enemy was winning every single day in my mind. And to be real, it was like I didn't know how to fight it, didn't know what to do, felt like a complete loser of a Christian. Um, and just got insanely discouraged and had the hardest time knowing who to talk to, where to go, what to do. And so um, I say all that, and I know we'll kind of talk a little bit more as we go about you know, the, the next part of everything and how to actually handle it and how to work mm-hmm. through it and all of that. But um, I say all of that to say, and I go into that degree of detail because I think that too many Christians um, who have experienced these type of things feel like they're not allowed to talk about it. And feel like you are a really bad Christian to experience that type of stuff. And just to be super transparent, man, we're talking about a master's educated pastor, you know, who's been trying to grow and and make all this ministry happen and seeing multiple campus ministries and people getting saved and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, clearly I'm not immune. And I don't think that really any of us are immune from this type of stuff happening. And Um, I think even just my hope is through sharing my story and that degree of detail and just that degree of honesty that, um, if nothing else, someone out there who's experienced something like that or currently is can at least say, holy cow, it's not just me. Um, because that was a huge thought and fear of mine as I was in it is like, dude, is it just me that feels this way? So,
0: yeah, no, I think that's like, I think you, you, you hit it right on the head, uh, because um, primarily, I mean, most people who listen to beat the sheep, they, uh, are believers or, you know, baby mm-hmm. Christians or whatever, and they still struggle with that. I, I know yeah. personally, um, some well-off Christians and even baby Christians who, who still struggle with anxiety, depression, uh, you know, relationships with food, like whatever it is that, um, mm-hmm. kind of all plays into it. And hearing it from you man uh puts it in a whole different perspective for these people and Mm. and even for me because you know i i i used to struggle with panic attacks like on on the reg and last week last episode they heard about it but um and and there's still some anxious moments that i still have Mm -hmm. and but but I think that it's easy or even I would say with mental healthness or mental health and um the church there's misconceptions uh that when you try to talk or you start to talk about it or bring it up there's these common misconception and the the first response that most people would say is you know have you surrendered your condition to the lord and mm-hmm. um and then you have those other responses that God is just testing your faith. You should really pray more about this. And then, and then you're third. Wait,
1: I, I, I'm going to just jump in, bro. Cause I, I love that one. Cause it's like, wow, I just, I haven't even thought of that. Yeah, You know, like, and right. I say it sarcastically. Cause it's like, really, you, you think I should pray more. That's, that's so smart. I, I, you do realize I just did that for two hours and I still feel this way. <laughs> right. Like, Oh, guilty. yeah. Uh,
0: and then the third misconception is that mental, mental illness is just a sign of spiritual immaturity through prayer and growth. It'll go away. These, mm-hmm. these are three misconceptions that I think we see in the church quite often. And this isn't me trying to tear down the church or, or bash on it at all. But um, for those who maybe haven't actually struggled with it, while walking with God, um, and what mental illness may look like, it doesn't make you spiritually mature. Um, you know, it doesn't mean your faith is weak and it doesn't mean you have a, a a bad relationship with the Lord. And, and I, I just want people to know that, uh, who, who are listening and are dealing with that, that it doesn't make them any less because they're struggling with this. Um, but you had, I know, uh, so what is your Instagram for those listening? (laughs) Is it,
1: uh, my handle? Yeah. Uh, my handle is, uh, M J Depeel, uh, which is my last name. That's D E P E A L. I'm sure you'll be able to see it in the podcast, but yeah, yeah, M J Depeel.
0: So you have posted quite a bit of, of statistics, um, and stuff. Do you have those off, off the top of your head, like off the cuff or, uh, uh i
1: don't have them off the top of my head but i do have them pulled up okay, uh, cool. to God. <laughs> um, but yeah man i, I think uh I think this is just one of those things, again, too, where um, talking about this topic makes a lot of people uncomfortable. You know, like, oh, man, that's just so sad. Like, why you got to be so sad, man? You know, why you got to be such a downer? (laughs) Yeah. um, I understand that talking about heavy and deep and dark emotions and and seasons isn't fun necessarily. I wouldn't categorize this stuff as a good time. Uh, But I do think it's vital and it's important. The reason, obviously, I say that is a lot of people don't know this um, but I mean, you know, well, they do know this, that mental health struggles, whether depression, anxiety, um, and there's a lot of other ones that fall into that panic attacks and, and even more, um, oftentimes lead people to suicidal thoughts, to self harm and things of that nature. And, um, amongst young adults, which would be, I mean, we're kind of t- dipping into high school a little bit here in the age range, but 15 to 29 year olds. Suicide is actually the second leading cause of death amongst that age range. For that age? Wow. For that age range. And I think that most people would have no idea. What's, that the, what's the highest? I, I honestly don't know what the highest is off the top of my head. I have a couple guesses. I mean, I I remember what it'd be one of three, but I don't want to just say the wrong yeah, one. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, but now you can, that's stuff that's like very readable, uh, sorry, very highest. easily, easily looked up. And that's like University of Southern California, USC. Um, shout out to the Trojans. Uh, that's like <laughs> legit research. That's not like, oh, dude, I just pulled it out of thin air. Yeah. Uh, but it's the second highest cause of death amongst that age range. And another one um, is that an estimated 26% of Americans ages 18 and older aka about one in four adults have some kind of diagnosable mental disorder in a given year so about one fourth of every adult which means this is like pretty widespread man and it's surprisingly not talked about how many people are suffering from something like this for how many people actually are suffering from something Mm -hmm. like this so with how with how small the conversation is you would think it's just not happening all that much yeah sure but when you start to do surveys and you start to get people alone and start to do anonymous thing, people are way more open and way more honest. And the research shows this is happening to a lot more people than you would think or you would expect. Wow.
0: Wow. That's crazy. I, I didn't realize it was, it was, it was that high. I mean, Mm. shoot. Yeah. Uh, Now, is there, do you have a statistic by chance of those who, um, who have a a, a a mental illness that uh, are seeking or have sought professional help or, or is there anything like that?
1: Oh man, I don't off the top of my head. Um, and for the life of me, I can't find where I put it. The answer is yes. Um, I do have that somewhere and I don't know where I put it is the problem. Um, but I will say, uh, Oh no, actually, here you go. Just came across it. We're, we're good. Um, cause only 44%, 44%. Again, this is the USC study. Mm-hmm. Uh, 44% of adults with diagnosable mental illnesses actually receive treatment or seek out help. So wow. under half.
0: So you, you under take half. in, so you're taking one in four who have mental illness and yeah. then you cut that in half are actually people who are even receiving help or seeking it out. Or something, um, that's that's a small that's a small number for yes. for that Absolutely uh, amount man. of people. I mean that you take it if you go to a say say we'll we'll just talk about church. You go to a church with a thousand people. There's 250 people that are actively struggling or or dealing with um, a, a mental illness of some sort. That is that's bizarre. Um, yeah man. So so looking at the stat looking at statistics and all that stuff and those numbers um what I mean was there a moment I mean I know you said like probably 7 8 months ago is when you hit this you know depressive state almost um mm-hmm. but you know you're 7 8 months removed from from kind of that moment but where are you at right now like what has changed um in your life what steps have you been taking uh, to, well, just because of this and, and trying to, um, you know, get, get back control or something?
1: No, that's a great question, man. I think, um, I would say for me, I'll start with where I'm at right now, where I'm at right now, by the grace of God is a much better place than I was months Mm -hmm. ago. Um, I don't feel entirely out of the woods. And I think that, um, even part of the reason I've been so vocal about it this time around is because. Um, I have a little bit of a beef with how the church is so notorious for only sharing testimonies when it's two or three years in the past. And Mm -hmm. I think sometimes the greatest testimony you have to share is the one that you're walking through right now, um, where it's not, there's not a bow on it, man. It's not pretty. It's not perfect. It's not all clean and squeaky and all this great stuff. Mm -hmm. And for me, um, it's still not, it's still not. And I think, um, to go in a little bit deeper, um, I, when I first started to just be honest with people in my life about this, stuff, I started start open up to the family, started opening up to while I was still on staff at the church, started to open up to my supervisors there, started to open up to some friends about, Hey, I think I'm actually in this place. Like I, you know, I, I didn't want to just come out and say I was depressed, but I, you know, I even did some Google searches on what is, what are symptoms and traits of depression? And I was checking pretty much every single box. And I was like, You know, I think it might be time to take it that seriously. And um, it really came down to, for me, needing to uh, surround myself with mentors and even have some kind of scheduled meetings with them uh, to talk through how I am and what I'm doing and and, uh, what I'm experiencing and, you know, how my relationship with God is, if there feels like there is one at all or whatever. Um, And then to find a Christian counselor and to set up a counseling relationship um, with, with a fellow believer. And I also tried some medication. Um, I didn't feel like it helped that much. Didn't feel like it really uh, clicked for me at all, but absolutely tried it. felt like that was an important step to just at least see if that was something that could work. Yeah. Um, in addition, man, stuff as simple as trying to get a little bit more intentional with my diet, with my exercise routine. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, when you're depressed, you don't want to move. You don't want to do anything. You don't yeah, want to yeah. get up. You want to eat like crap. Um, and so I just tried to have some extra accountability in some of those areas too, just all of that stuff at once, just throwing the kitchen sink at how I was feeling really and taking as many of those steps as possible.
0: Yeah, I know that there was there's something that I saw um when I was kind of, you know, dealing with my panic attacks and being super anxious like nonstop. That was about three years ago or so. Um but there was something I saw about Positive habits, um, because mm-hmm. how easy it is to to fall into that. But I mean, what you've done is you've you've surrounded yourself with with accountability community that's not going to let you kind of fall. They're they're going to do all they can to lift you up. Um, yeah. But then it you you also didn't rely what what I thought was neat in that was that you didn't you're not just relying on them. You're taking actions on your own. To, mm-hmm. to, well, just, I mean, I guess make sure that you're not being, you know, using them as a crutch, I guess you'd say, uh, um, sure. uh, you, you're having to take actions on your own and you know that you need to be intentional with that, which is, which is awesome. So that's cool. Um, Absolutely. there was something CS Lewis had said that I thought that I thought was, was pretty great. But <clears> he <throat> says, he said mental pain is less dramatic than physical pain, but it is more common and also more hard to bear. The frequent mm. attempt to conceal mental pain increases the burden. It is easier to say my tooth is aching than to say my heart is broken. Mm. You got any, you got any thoughts on that? I just dropped it on you, but
1: <laughs> no, absolutely, man. Um, I mean C. S. Lewis is a GOAT for so many reasons with that type of stuff. You know, he just got quotes on quotes. But um I think, man, i I mean, there's not a much better way to say this, at least I'll speak from my experience. I can't speak for everybody, mm-hmm. but I do think the experience is probably similar across the board that I've I've torn my ankle up before playing sports. I'm an athlete, right? I tore a three ligaments in my ankle in high school. Um hurt like crap. You know, it, it was not fun by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but it happened, everybody saw it, and it was like, dude, are you okay? Like, oh, my gosh, like, I, that that looked horrible. You know, like, everybody saw my injury. They saw the pain I was in. They heard me scream when it happened, all of the above. There was no embarrassment for me in telling people what had happened. It was like, if anything, a, a athletic injury is cool. It's like yeah. – yeah, man, I was playing bad. Four or three ligaments. You're like, no way. That's nuts, man. <laughs> um, it's not the same when it's mental, emotional, or spiritual. Yeah. Because you can't see the wound that I have internally. Um, in many ways, because you can't see it and you can't really, like, get in the weeds and, like, oh, man, yeah, clearly I see the, the swollen, it's the bruised. Oh, my gosh, your bone's sticking out. That's crazy. Like, whatever it is, you can't see it. So you don't really have a grid or a frame of reference for it. And so it feels like this really vulnerable, tender, almost even embarrassing thing to try and speak up and say, Hey, something in here hurts Mm -hmm. and you can't see it to verify or to say like, Oh, that makes sense. I see how that could hurt. Um, and it, it feels embarrassing. It feels shameful. Um, it feels, I mean, even my internal narrative, which would be different than everybody else's probably, but my internal narrative is like, suck it up, get over it. You know, like, you're fine. Why are you always being a wimp? You know, like that's my self-talk, which you can see, I I definitely need to stay in counseling for these types of things. (laughs) Um, I think that it's just so much harder to speak up and say, Hey, there's something that you can't see that really hurts me. Yeah. And I'm really struggling with it, man. And because it's so hard to do that, we just keep it inside like CS Lewis says. And that's actually the most destructive part of all is to hold it within And then in so many ways, dude, you get in your own head and you let that thing that if you would have brought it to community could have been that much easier. I'm not saying it would have been easy. Certainly would have been easier, though. And you keep it inside and you just kind of let it eat at you and eat at you and eat at you. And I think um, that's what way too many of us do, man. Even us in the church. That's what too many of us do. And I think that's what C.S. Lewis would be getting at. And uh, I, I feel that for sure.
0: Yeah. So, so we we've kind of broken out like a little bit of your story. Um, just kind of a little bit what, well, C.S. Lewis, I mean, talks about and, and just how, um, how, how it affects us more. We looked at statistics. If it affects us, you know, the world more than we truly think, or even we'd probably like to admit. Um, yeah. But for those who are walking through this, I mean, wh- what are, I mean, you kind of, you kind of shared like on what you've done, but, um, you know, what would you say, obviously, and, you know, maybe you're not a counselor or anything, but, uh, what sure. would you say are some things that these people could, um, start to apply or, or start to, to adopt, uh, in their lives to, to begin this process?
1: Yeah, no, that's an amazing question, man. And I think, um, depending on who you talk to, you can get a plethora of different answers. I think, um, my my biggest and best advice, because I think everything else follows it, is just don't walk that road alone, man. Mm-hmm. Do not walk that road alone. I don't think that we were created to walk anything alone in this life, but especially these kinds of hardships. Um, you are designed for a community. You were designed to do life with people. And I also believe, even I'm talking about um, the presence of God, I think the presence of God is oftentimes... The most tangible in the presence of a fellow brother or sister, yeah, and I think as right. we um, as we confess not even just sin, but as we confess the the hidden parts of our hearts, um, hey, I, this hurts. I'm struggling with this. Um, as C.S. Lewis would say, not it's not my toothache, right? It's my heartache. Um, as I share my heartache mm-hmm. with somebody else, I'm actually able to experience the presence of God in a way that I can't if I keep it inside of me. And I think that as you begin to share that the steps will become clearer on, um, you know, should I go and get counseling? You get to bounce that off of somebody else or should I try medication? You get to bounce that off somebody else or should I, you know, go eat on the list, man? Should I exercise more? Should I eat a little healthier? Should I try and get on a better sleep schedule? So many just normal, natural things. Should I get more sunlight? Man, I've been in a dungeon in the basement because I'm sad, Like, go outside, you know? There are a lot of different things that you can do, but I think that those things only begin to happen as you bring it to the light of community and walk it with somebody, whether that's a pastor, whether that's a, a Christian counselor, whether that's a, a best friend. I mean, I don't know who it might be, um, but taking a step to just invite another person into your heartache and into that place that feels so dark and so shameful. Um, that's where the enemy wants to keep you. And that's, in my opinion, the only way that he can win is if you keep it there. So inviting somebody else in, man, is is the ticket for me.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's awesome. Community is super important. You see that throughout all of scripture. Um, but as we come to a close, is there anything that you just like, you you just got to share, uh, you, you it's really on your heart or, or anything like that?
1: Man, I would just say, um, more than anything else and it almost just makes me emotional, man. Um, first things first, like, God, if, if you're wrestling through this type of stuff or have in the past, like, dude, God sees you. Mm-hmm. You're not lost on him. He's not, he's not confused about where you're at or, or wondering why you're such a bad Christian. You know, that's, yeah. that's, you're his daughter. You're his son. I mean, you are so loved in his eyes. And um, I think one of the my favorite things I've learned about God through all this is just how patient he is, man, as we as we broken people just try to figure out what it means to follow him. And so he sees you, um, he loves you, and he's insanely patient with you. And I'm saying that while, like I said, I'm still trying to work my way out of all this. And um, I don't even believe it fully about myself quite yet. And I'm still working on it. That might even be a lifelong journey. But I think um, sometimes we just need to hear that from others. We need to speak it over ourselves. We need to hear it from the word. But um, that just burns in my heart. and just excited to even – Definitely going to bring a variation uh i got i 'm kind of excited about the message that's coming together, but um excited about revision in the conference and even well will get to share there a little bit more on my heart on all this yeah. and specifically um how God views us all in our brokenness, and mm-hmm. so i'm super excited for that as well i can't wait it's going be great. It, man.
0: that's gonna be great man. Yeah. Right? I'm excited hey, let me close this out in a word of prayer uh we'll send uh everybody out uh to just really tackle this week that 's ahead of them. So Absolutely. if you guys will just bow your head and, and pray with me, unless you're driving, do, do not close your eyes. I don't want to be liable <laughs> for that. So Amen. father God, thank you uh, just for this opportunity to speak on such a heavy topic. Lord, I pray that you um, continue to be with those who, who really truly needed to hear uh, this word from Marcus today, Lord. And as you continue to use him, father, just bless him, increase his territory to reach those for your kingdom reach those who are hurting to be a beacon of hope and a beacon of light in this world. It is in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to feed the sheep this week. May the spirit be within you may be upon you to embolden you in your faith, to go out and advance the gospel, to build the kingdom and bless the world.